The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, Arts and Sex listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about an under-requested benefit available for veterans, their spouses, and widows. So stay tuned to this radio show for some very interesting and beneficial information. It is Saturday, August the 23rd. We are broadcasting our radio show today from the studios of News Radio 710 Keeley, Town Square Media Station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's radio show has been pre-recorded for broadcast, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the August issue of the Best of Times at our 528 distribution locations. If you're unable to find a copy, remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view current and past issues of the best of times. Remember that the annual Book Bazaar sponsored by the Centenary Muses will take place on September 5th and 6th in the Centenary Gold Dome. Reminder to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for a listing of announcements made during today's radio show as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A-Bears, Sunny Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, town and country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Also, thanking those listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Joining me on my show today as some special guests is Kyle Moore, an elder law attorney with Weems, Shemp, Gilso, Haynes, Landry, and Shemwell, as well as Vicki uh, Rich, Rich, Rack, Rack. Uh, the client care coordinator with Weem Shimp, Gilsho, Haynes, Landry, and Shimwell. That's a tongue twister there. <laughs> to discuss how veterans administration benefits can aid of aid and attendant pension benefits can help you or your loved one. So thank you, Kyle, and thank you, Vicki, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. What I want to mention to our listeners that... Um, uh, as, as most of my listeners know, I write a article that appears in the Shreveport Times each and every Friday edition called Senior Living. And one of uh, the past Fridays, can't remember exactly what date, <laughs> is I wrote an article about the veterans' benefits of aid and attendant 
pension benefits uh, offering, and it has been one of the most popular articles with my uh, the readers of the Shreveport Times and the Best of Times that uh, many of them were unaware of this, and that's why one of the reasons why I decided to invite Kale and, and Kyle and Vicky to come to the radio show today to give us a little lanyard, a little bit extra about the information contained in an article that I couldn't put everything in this particular article. People have, have called me, guys emailed me, uh, visited me on the street side at the grocery store and asked me about, you know, questions that Gary is not a lawyer, as uh, as Kyle over there, astute elder lawyer that knows all about everything about this particular topic, and they assume that Gary knows everything. And the other aspect I want to tell my listeners, I, I love your compliments. However, don't uh, please don't take it to uh, whatever agency and say, according to Gary Caligas at the best of times, that this is the gospel according to. There are always caveats involved. And we, I try to write the article. Article and in and an informational educational standpoint, but you got to re- be sure to know all the all the facts and information. So that's one reason why I have uh, invited both Kyle and Vicky today to discuss this important topic. And uh, as I as they will tell you, but I will also tell you, I have referred a lot of people to their law firm that specializes in helping individuals, especially veterans and their spouses. And they're having a free seminar that will take place. On August the 28th at 10 a.m. at Broadmoor Branch of Shreve Memorial Library, located at 1212 Captain Street Drive in Shreveport, to discuss and answer all your questions about veterans aid and attendant uh, benefit services and how they can help uh, for your payment of your long-term care and how to qualify and answer all your questions. So, so today we're not going to be able to answer these particular questions from our loyal, loyal listeners. Uh, but we're going to try to cover some of those topics. But, again, I encourage you, it's a free seminar. Call our number at 222-2100 to make reservations to attend. Again, that's 222-2100. So, moving right along. <laughs> Uh, one other aspect, I want to ask Vicki and Kyle this. I, I found an interesting stat, and I, I think I wrote it in the article. I don't have the article right in front of me. That one of the reasons why I wrote this article was I, I read a little um, capsule notice from some agency, you know, being formerly with the government. There's always the little fine print that they always put on the bottom. It says, only 5.6% of supposedly eligible veterans have applied and are receiving this particular benefit throughout the United States, which caught my attention. So there's a potential of 95% of veterans who may be eligible in all these categories that could qualify and could get this particular benefit that but are not. And one of the reasons, as I can attest to at least Kyle and Vicki, 50 callers that called me that weren't aware of this until they read it article in the Shreveport Times. So they're, just in our catchment area, no telling throughout the United States, this is like an unknown, unknown particular benefit. Would you agree to that? Well, absolutely. It's one of the government's best-kept secrets. That's what we call it. <laughs> you know, this uh, in this area, that what we deem elder law practice or the long-term care planning, you know, Gary, that it was almost probably 10 years ago maybe that a lot of just elder law practitioners 
were not utilizing uh, this aid and attendance benefit as part of their practice. And so with that, when it became a national uh, kind of uh, across the board and was focused on by these long-term planning elder law attorneys, when they adopted it, you started seeing a lot more advertising about it, people putting out information like uh, our law firm does with these seminars, and, and it's been happening over the years. And so as that awareness We've been able to uh, make this available for some of our veterans, but it's still not as well known um, a benefit as uh, you would expect for these war veterans out there that are in need of it. So um, we're receiving that baby boom generation. A lot of those World War II veterans, uh, Korean War veterans, um, they're getting uh, older and needing care, and this benefit is there for them, but um, nobody's searching them out to tell them about it other than these other law attorneys and people who are in this uh, this field and people like you who focus on the needs of the, the elderly that uh, bring it to light. But other than that, they, you know, there's not a lot of publicity about this and, and awareness and to how these uh, veterans can take advantage of it. So, Well, and I, I def, that's one of my purposes in the article that I write for the Shreveport Times is to, to give them some advice and things to ponder about. And, and uh, I'm, I'm really humbled of all the people saying I'm not aware of this and this particular topic or another topic that I discussed. But... One thing I, I do want you, hopefully, I'll, you know, we'll address later on, but let's talk about it right now, is I had one veteran saying, Gary, I already get benefits. Right. And so is, is, am I going to be decreasing my regular pension benefits if, if I need these or qualify for these? These are the, the typical war veterans and coming back with disabilities or even a veteran that's been disabled during their service. Um, that they're receiving a benefit or could be receiving some disability benefit already and that this aid and attendance pension is totally separate and apart from that. So it is it is focused on uh, helping that veteran or a spouse and uh, the widow of a veteran to help offset medical expenses such as uh, assisted living expenses or even sitter services in home taking care of them when they reach a certain point where they can't uh, provide for themselves. There's a term in the industry of activities of daily living that we refer to a lot, the bathings, the dressings, the feedings, the cooking, the cleaning, the maintenance. Um, so what this pension is, is focused to doing is that when those medical expenses get to such a degree that they're basically having to use their monthly income, the, the veterans are using their monthly income just to pay for these medical services, this aid and attendance pension steps in gives them this this pension, this pension benefit so that it offsets those expenses and frees up their monthly income to just to pay for their their bills their utility bills and their you know just their ordinary day to day but it can be an add on it won't decrease their their other benefits that they may be receiving right exactly is that and, true and there are certain offsets some of the pensions they already re- receive are taxable and this is an, a non-taxable pension. Not, so not when they process these, they may, they may give up a bit of a different pension but be able to access this one and be non-taxable. So, yes, there sometimes are issues that they would have to give up a partial pension. 
Okay, one, one other follow-up question is uh, I've had several people that when they when they called me, and, and we're going to try to clarify it. And a lot of these will be clarified at your seminar, but hopefully if some of them can attend or they're listening in Arkansas and Texas. And, and by the way, this is a national program. I had somebody call from East Texas and say, I read your article in Shreveport. Does that only apply to veterans in Louisiana? I said, I think it's a nationwide program. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not a totally only for Louisiana veterans. That's right. right. It, it's it's run through the the Veterans Administration. So any any war veteran anywhere in the in the United States or the uh, anywhere you know around the world, they can access this benefit. Okay. The other aspect you need to explain is it's a service connected disability. Is that correct? No. No? This pension oh. is actually for non-service connected. Non-service yes. connected. So if a veteran is over the age of 65, if they have served at least 90 days consecutively during time of war, only one day has to be during time of war, but okay. 90 consecutive days. Um, and they have to... Uh, the, the service-connected one is called the service-connected pension, but this is the VA aid and attendance pension for non-service-related So if they had a service-connected disability, they would be getting a, a particular pension from that or a particular disability benefit, correct? Correct. Uh-huh. So this could be after the fact as well, needing right. medical services. This is, right. This is as people age, and they need more assistance in the home to stay there and be more independent. Yeah, so, so just as if... Um, dementia, Alzheimer's, par- Parkinson's, that these diseases that are late onset have nothing to do with their their service. They didn't have, you know, wasn't a direct injury from the war or their service while they were in the military. Um, that has, those are a separate pension for to cover those, and this aid and attendance, aid and attendance pension is just strictly directed at uh, any any cause of the medical need as long as they have that need there. Okay, and mention about the the spouse and the widow. I've had a lot of questions about that. Is the spouse of the veteran covered? Yes, actually they look at the couple together. Um, if the veteran is still alive, there is a pension that um, for a veteran who has some disabilities and his wife. They consider both the medical expenses of the entire household. So they'll look at both their income and both their expenses. So if the spouse is more ill, they still may get a partial pension. It just kind of depends how much the the medical expenses are for the whole house. And the other interesting benefit, it applies to widows of the the deceased veteran. Is that right? Exactly. As long as they were still married at the time of the veteran's death. and Explain that again. Married? Married at the time of the the veteran's death. And they... um, they, they, don't, they don't have to have been married a certain length of time, but just married at the time of his death. It could have been a second marriage for the widow or a second marriage for the veteran. As long as the widow has not remarried, she would be eligible for his pension if she had medical need. Okay, and the other, tell them about the qualification of uh, what the qualifications to qualify for the pension. Okay. First, um, as I said before, the veteran need only have served 90 days during um, time of war active duty. So that's about 30 days, about three months. Three months, yeah. Active duty. Active duty, 90 consecutive days, with one being time of war. And the VA has, you know, some delineated times of war that are published. Second, the veteran or the widow, they need to medically qualify. 
And then third, the veteran or widow have to have limited resources. Okay, so let, let's talk about the medically qualify. That's probably the most complex issue, right? Um, uh, well, it is. Uh, the, the, of the three phases we look at, it, um, medical is usually the most obvious at the point because of the fact that something has brought these people to our, you know, when we find them and they're searching us out, mm-hmm. mom or dad or husband or, you know, that they're, they're in need of care because of these onsets of medical needs. So um, usually those are the most uh, pressing issues that drive the, the people to look for this benefit because mom has fallen in, in, you know, in the hospital, dad's going through dementia, need to move into an assisted living, they can't live alone, or they're needing to bring in more care at home. So the medical need is always probably the, the primary factor for people searching it out. Um, and those are the usually, we uh, sometimes we have an issue with the medical, but more of is that it's the borderline a vet who still may be driving, still may be able to manage some part of their care, but it's right there teetering on the edge. They probably shouldn't be and are needing of a help. They just didn't know how to access the, the help just yet. But So the medical is one that we, uh, we address in early on, but it's most, you know, we, we know pretty soon in our, in our review of the, of the planning is that that's going to be a, a factor or not. So, so Kyle, it's, uh, as one person might use the word, it's prospective? That means they're, they're incurring medical expenses for this disability or for this medical condition. Right. Then they can possibly, but it can be in anticipation. That's right. That they're, um, they can't, it's kind of a, one of those, uh, the car before the horse, you know, you have, to show, you have to show the VA that you're incurring medical expenses. So you can't just uh, tell the VA that, oh, yeah, well, I plan to in a few months to start inquiring, you know, move into the assisted living and, and I will have this now $3,000 a month uh, fee that I'm going to be paying for the assisted living. They want to sh- they want to see that you've actually hired the sitters. You've got, you are expending this money on the care and that's what we'll demonstrate and we document and send in with the application. So there needs to, sh- there needs to be an ongoing medical expense at the time of application to show your need for the benefit. And to clarify, actually, the medical expense is not just limited to doctor's visits, medical insurance premiums, but what uh, Department of Veterans Affairs considers to be a medical expense can be those caregivers, the sitter agency that you bring into the home to help someone, even a paid family member, not a spouse, but a paid family member that provides that assistance with bathing, dressing, feeding, mobility, hygiene, those activities of daily living, those qualify the veteran or the widow. So it's not just the things you think, oh, I'm paying the doctor. No, but whatever you're paying a caregiver agency or an independent living or uh, assisted living facility. Okay, and the other clarification, we keep mentioning and I think the major clarification, these particular benefits and the medical care of this particular veteran or, or widow can be in their home and other settings, not only at their home. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, what we always look at, um, from my perspective as a care coordinator, we want to leave someone in the least restrictive environment. We want people to age in place and be comfortable. So the Department of Veterans Affairs would rather people stay at home as well. You know, they just want to provide for their veterans and the widows. So they could be at home employing caregivers 
or they could live in an assisted living facility who provides the assistance with the bathing, the dressing, the medication management, or they could be in the nursing home. Perhaps they don't qualify for Medicaid yet for long-term care payment, but they live in a nursing home and they can still get this aid and attendance pension at the nursing home. One spouse may live at home and one may be in the nursing home. You know, Gary, we often see um, children who move their parents in with them and start providing the care already, and they're doing it because of just the, you know having that family aspect about it. And we tell the, you know, that's when we tell them, look, you can be paid by your parents. We, you know, we document all your, you're providing the services. It's legitimate expenses. You would, you're, you're substituting your time and your care for something you would pay a third party. We document those. We put, you know, assign a reasonable hourly rate to those services, and that medical expense will suffice to qualify that veteran for this benefit. So, it, uh, it's a win-win for them. They're, they're already there. They're providing the care. The VA benefit steps in and helps offset those and, and provides that you know that expense and covers it. Or explain to our listeners the clarification that these payments, uh, as one person says, well, I, do I need to hire for my for my wife, uh, who's a, the spouse the the spouse of a veteran? He was thinking about qualifying, so I have to find a qualified home health agency or a private duty agency in the area to provide these services, and who will help me make these picking? Is there something that are VA approved and not VA approved, and does the payment go to the VA, does it go to the home agency? Explain right. That. Um, as far as selecting caregivers, they don't have to be licensed CNAs or from a home care agency, as long as, okay. as long as the veteran is rated in need of aid and attendance. So, like Kyle said before, cart before horse. (laughs) So, um, they can select an agency or private caregivers. And the attendants, the caregivers, do have to sign an affidavit that they are being paid to provide this care. So, um, the Department of Veterans Affairs does not give a list, and they do not require them to use particular agencies. Like, sometimes a long-term care insurance will require you to use an agency locally. But um, Department of Veterans Affairs you know, uh, allows them to use whatever agency or individual they wish to use. They just can't pay their spouse to take care of them. So, so where does the payment go? I mean, that's the major clarification. They're, they're thinking they're going to do direct billing, and, <laughs> and you're, you're going to handle the account and send the VA check directly to XYZ. It's, it comes just like your Social Security check comes, oh, directly wow. to the veteran. And so if the veteran is unable mentally to handle their finances at the point, there are procedures by appointing a fiduciary and having the fiduciary receive the funds on their behalf. So at this point, um, it can the check will go automatically deposit into a checking account in the name of the veteran if that's if that's if they're still able to handle that on their own. Okay, that's a critical point because mm-hmm. some of those veterans are, are going to be mind boggled if they themselves as well as their spouse are needing these services and receiving these checks, which they probably receive. Other ones that are mm-hmm. they they wouldn't know how to do. Right. To be how, how to pay, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it comes into their bank account, and you would pay for the services. They would write a check to whoever is providing the care directly. Uh, they make direct payments. So it's a, it's a good way to, for them to monitor and receive the benefit, and they control the process as long as they, uh, they're able to. 
Well, and I do want you to clarify because, as I told you earlier, I had a couple individuals that visited our friends at the um, the VA office, and uh, they uh, said that. We're anticipating hiring caregivers and providing services for my uh, for my father, and we want to qualify for this particular uh, particular benefit that Gary published in the Shreveport Types. So you 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 touched on it, but make sure that people understand that they could apply, but they're going to be possibly denied because they haven't incurred or haven't validated. Them. That's right. And and the VA form packet that that you have to present to the administration to claim the, the uh, pension has in there, it, it has documented and says you have to show us what medical expenses you are occurring. And so if you've got no sitter bills, if you've got no expenses to document at the time, then it's it's only you're only advising looking in the future that you may incur them and you're not going to qualify. So it has to, you have to show an immediate need or that you are incurring the medical expenses at this time. So what happens if the, the father, the veteran father, has dementia, Alzheimer, and the family members are taking care of this particular individual, moved into their home with the mother? So what do you advise them to do? Because that's what I see is happening. Yeah, a lot, and a lot of it's not being. They're thinking they they may qualify, but they haven't incurred any expenses, have they? Not yet. And so, at and to the point where you need to, we always advise, and it's uh, been documented that we set up a formal written, coordinated uh, client care coordinator contract, which documents what services the kids are providing what the rate will be and lay out that and they will have to keep a log you know it doesn't have to be a timesheet in essence but they do have to document that they're providing the care the hours and match the rate and so all of that is written we we sign to have the veteran sign it we have the provider sign it the child and whoever's going to be providing the care and so it is a legal contract and it's it's fully acceptable and uh, VA uh, accepts them all the time. Well that's what I want you to mention. Why is that? Because I, I know listen, there are listeners right now saying, why do I need to do this? My family members should be taken care of. We want to take care of my mother and father so why should they document and have this client care coordinating contract? Well um, the first reason is They have to, as Kyle said, incur the expense. They have to be paying someone to be able to qualify for this pension. That payment is actually a medical deduction against their income. Um, The second thing is we look at both the veterans' benefit and Medicaid down the line. And if if a veteran has been paying a child, say, $1,000 a month to take care of him 24 hours a day, and he eventually goes to the nursing home, if um, if the Medicaid worker is looking at his Medicaid application and sees this dollar amount of $1,000 going to his son every month, they'll say, even just gifting this to your son, that's a transfer penalty. We're not going to oh. pay for your nursing home care. But if it's a documented contract and they see the care that's been supplied to the veteran, then he can access Medicaid benefits down the line. Excellent recommendation. I never thought of that one, that factor. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, tending country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is special guest is Kyle Moore and Vicki Rich with the elder law firm of Weems, Shemp, Gilso, Haynes, Landry, and Shemwell to discuss how Veterans Administration benefits of aid and attendant benefits can help you or your spouse. So we're discussing the qualifications of this aid and attendant services. So what about assets? We talked about the uh, the qualifications of being a veteran and serving the 90 days of and the one day at least in time of war. Time of war and the 90 days and then the medical issues and one other aspect is assets. Right. And that scares a lot of my when I had calls, it really scares them. They said, I don't think I qualify. Right. And, that's and they, usually... they just point blank told me that on the phone. I said, uh, you need to ask. I'm not, I didn't tell you the details in the, in the article. And that was their first item out of their mouth. I don't think I qualify, Gary. And sure, that's, and that's usually where we come in and we, we can be of the best of help there to, to the veteran and their families. is because if you do just send in, if the veteran just sends in their application based on their asset level, at the time, most of the time they are over-resourced because there is not a bright line published asset ceiling that the VA puts out there. So there, what's that word? Bright, a bright line like a like the uh, the Medicaid. Everybody's heard of the two thousand dollar limit for okay. Medicaid, but VA? You, VA they do not publish this and say you can only a veteran can only have X amount of assets valued in their estate when they apply. That's a new revelation. Yeah, and it and it throws a lot of people off because of the fact that there is uh, there's the unknown, and so. Uh, could it be fifty thousand dollars a veteran could have in their assets? Could it be a hundred thousand dollars in assets? We, you know, right now there's no standard to say that this is all you can have, and so most of the time when they go to these uh, service uh, facilities the, that help veterans fill out these in attendance forms. As soon as they tell them that they have, you know, uh, assets, they say, oh, well, you've got too much. You can't qualify and send them away, and they get frustrated and they give up. And so that's the ones that we have to explain. It's like, yes, you may be a little bit over-resourced now, but we can show you how to get those assets to a point where you would qualify, and it's not over. We can still we still can get you on a plan to help you access these benefits in a few months. And so uh, that's where we really believe that we provide the service. But but tell our listeners, I've, I've had, uh, when I've talked to this gentleman, he says, well, can I give away some of my money? <laughs> so you can do that any time you want, sir. Exactly. But, but, uh, but he said, I heard uh, you talk about it on your radio show about Medicaid has this look-back period of like seven years. <laughs> and I said, does VA have it? I said, I don't think so, but we'll, we'll ask the experts. And right now there is no penalty for gifting as far as VA is concerned. There is there was some proposals in Congress over the last session that because of this, uh, the more and more veterans are taking advantage of the program. They were trying making a move towards a similar Medicaid type look back uh, penalty for the VA benefit, but at its time it has not been enacted and so we can a veteran can do uh, some strategy planning, asset protection planning, and gifting to the children or other family members, protecting the assets and still benefit 
qualify for the VA within, you know, 30 days after the gift. 30 days? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know it was that fast. I'm, yeah, impre- I'm I mean, impressed. And that, and, and it could be even sooner, just depending. Uh, the, the VA applications are structured so that we apply for the first of the month um, that you're that you're qualifying for. So, if say you did your planning in the middle of September, then your application is going in October one. So we we after the first of the month, you roll to the next month. So, um, depending on when you get in and, and how much and how complicated the uh, the estate is, we can you know implement the plan and get going relatively quickly and have them qualified. You know, maybe the following month sometimes. So, but again, they're going to have to, as I, I want to venture to caution our listeners out there, they're going to have to meet the other criteria Absolutely. before they meet or strive to meet this asset criteria, right? That's right. They're going to have to have that medical expense, those conditions that require uh, themselves. Oh, that's a good question. If If the spouse of the veteran needs the services but the veteran doesn't, do they qualify? It depends on how how high their medical expenses are. They do count the expenses of both the veteran and the spouse. So if they're high enough for both of them, then they may qualify. But a physician has to sign an affidavit for both the veteran and the spouse to determine what their medical conditions are and what assistance they do need. So, so there's a possibility there's that a possibility. either one, either one or both, could qualify. Correct. And and again, the the the, the criteria, the assets, could be reconciled in a shorter period of time than having to wait seven years down the line with Alzheimer's or or dementia and then get the benefits. It can be pretty quick. You right. can implement these strategies r- r- quicker. And uh, then you could, without having to uh, deal with the look-back periods or the penalty periods uh, that you incur when you look at Medicaid benefits and long-term care planning for that. These VA benefits do not have a penalty period, and they uh, do not have any look-back. So, so they do not have a That's the important thing I want you mm-hmm. to emphasize, because a lot of people are getting this confused with our friends over at the Medicaid office. That's right. And, and so... And so what we've seen is that sometimes if they've done some pre-planning and made some gifts in the, uh, to their kids uh, in previous years, that we're not, you know, those are not penalized gifts, so we don't have to look and see if they're within this five-year look-back that period from Medicaid, that any of those gifts um, are all uh, exempt. But an important thing to look at is the whole picture for the veteran and the spouse or the widow. We don't want to look and focus just on the VA pension, but we also need to look at Medicaid down the line for long-term care. Um, We want to make sure that they're in an appropriate level of care, bringing caregivers in the home or moving to assisted living, like we mentioned before, aging in place. So we don't want to get them on a veteran's benefit, do some gifting, get them on a benefit, and it's only going to last four months, and then they need nursing home care, and then, oops, you just messed up a Medicaid application, and they can't get on long-term care Medicaid that may pay more and help them out more. So we really have to look at the entire family situation, their health and their assets. 
great advice. We'll be right back with more information. But now, word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Join me on my show today is special guest is Kyle Moore and Vicki Rex with the elder law firm of Weems, Shemp, Gilso, Haynes, Landry, and Shimwell discussing the Veterans Administration benefits of eight and attendance pension benefits. So going back, I, I want to mention who can help a veteran or a widow complete the application. Anyone can help uh, fill these forms out. I mean, they are they are government forms, so they're, uh, they're often tedious and complicated, but anybody can assist uh, the veteran or the widow fill these forms out. Um, however... Um, you know, like I said, we often find that they start off getting the information correct, but halfway through they throw their hands up, they get frustrated, and because it, it gets often difficult. Um, so we've uh, that's why it's it's really important when we are involved that we do assist and and make sure that all things are taken care of, all T's are crossed, I's are dotted, and that the application is in perfect form before we would, you know, advise them to file it. So we uh, that has always been part of our practice in handling, you know, with our clients is to make sure we keep an eye on that application, and that's where Vicki comes in and uh, works with the family and gets that done um, and make sure it's it's ready to go before we send it in. And, and you also evaluate the assets scenario and help them come up with strategies right. and um, dealing with. Is that right, that correct? That's exactly right because oftentimes, sometimes we, we, we have veterans that come in and um, they're already they're qualified. We we deem them to be qualified based on their current asset level, and so they they may not need our assistance much more than after that initial consultation. We take a look at everything. Says, well, you look ready to go. You can um, fill the here's here's the form. You can fill this out and uh, send it in, and you should be fine. Or you can go seek assistance from a lot of volunteer. Uh, Veteran organizations will assist the veterans with filling out applications when they qualified. So uh, unless we, you know, deem we need to get involved with uh, helping with further estate planning issues, structuring assets, doing some of the the gifting planning to get them qualified, um, sometimes we we find vets that walk in already qualified and don't need much more assistance from us. But when they do, that's when we we take over. We get engaged and, and bring them on, and, and we shepherd them through the whole process and make sure that they're taken care of, and we get them qualified, and we will not apply until we know that they're uh, they're ready to go. But as you said, if you send an incomplete or partially complete or something's left up, you may submit it. It's going to come back to you or it's going to be rejected totally. And <laughs> and I don't know how the government works the VA standard, but sometimes they don't give you the rest of the story on why it's rejected. Is that right? Right, and um, it is important to use an accredited individual, either a VA accredited 
agent that's available at the Department of Veterans Affairs here in Caddo or Bossier. That way they know what all things need to go in with the application. And as Kyle mentioned, you make sure that it's ready to go and ready to be approved (laughs) and know it's not going to be denied. Because oftentimes, yeah, you're right. I mean, when they send this uh, application in, you know, they're... It goes into this office. You get they're getting hundreds of applications. You know, a week. It you get the wrong individual. You give them. You know, you you miss a, a form or you you misstate something, and then they deny it. They said they send it back to you. You have to correct that. You know, the process could. I mean, you you it could take six months, eight months sometimes to get it back, to review it, to correct it, send it back in. So it can be a very difficult process. Um, and any little mistake, depending on who's examining the application, could cause it to be denied and sent back to you for correction. And, and again, I'm all stressed to my uh, my listeners. This is a manual submission. It's not all electro- It's not electronic. It's a papers, right? Paper packet. Well, they do accept online applications right now, but not the fully developed claim applications. But you still have to submit the application and all the supporting evidence, like the original discharge papers, or as you've heard them called, the DD-214, if it was for time of service after World War II. Um, Also, you want a marriage certificate, uh, the doctor's forms, the caregiver forms, assisted living forms. So there's bank statements. So there's a lot of things that have to go in that can't be submitted online. And so those those can be lengthy documents of some sort. I mean, Absolutely. And, and, and uh, so how long does it take to find out whether you qualify or not? That's been the fundamental question of some of my callers that have called into me. Well, um, in the first place, if we have somebody come in for long-term care planning, we'll know within an hour whether they qualify or not. One hour? But one hour, <laughs> because we do a full assessment of their assets, their medical needs, um, we pretty much know if they're eligible. I'm there's impressed. A few, yeah, there's a few people that would be in a gray area because we don't know exactly what the doctor will say. So we need more research on that. But as far as submitting an application and getting approval, like I mentioned before, with fully developed claims, we've been getting them back within a month or two. Now, if they use a regular claim or don't submit all of their information, sometimes it can take three to six months if there's something missing, a marriage certificate or divorce decree or something that keeps the VA from, you know. The veteran and my mother are both um, in, in dementia situations and are unable to be competent enough to sign any documents. So what happens there? That is a very uh, uh, difficult time. Thank um, you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the really the VA likes and almost demands that the veteran or the widow themselves sign the document. Oh no! Yes, and so even if it is an X. Even if uh, they are borderline and really close to their uh, being capacitated, it they want to see the veteran's signature on the application, and so we we go to great lengths uh, to make that happen because. If you if they they are incapable, then there's further documentation and explanation as to why they can't. So, 
um, so could make the X, but doesn't know what he what he or she's Xing. Is that right? right? That's correct. And um, well, in the first place, the Department of Veterans Affairs doesn't accept power of attorney. So the claimant is the veteran or the widow. So they have to sign it, whether they know what it is or not. But on the doctor's form, it will indicate if that person has memory loss, if they're unable to uh, manage their financial affairs, if they have dementia. If there's one of those things indicated on the physician's form, then the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs may approve the award, but also have a proposal to appoint a fiduciary to be responsible for the veteran's income. We have we have lots more questions that were, that can be asked of these two fine gentle, gentlemen and lady here, but I would encourage all of my listeners out there to, to attend their seminar that's going to take place on August the 28th at 10 a.m. at Broadmoor Branch of Shree Memorial Library to, uh, between um, 10 a.m. and 12 noon to answer all your detailed questions. But before we close, I want to quickly talk about coordination, because I know a lot of people are saying, I might, I might already have, or my, my significant other might already have Medicaid benefits, and should I apply for the VA aid and attendant services? It depends. If um, dad's in the nursing home and mom's at home with her own medical expenses, expenses, dad's on Medicaid, she may still be eligible for a partial pension. If it's just mom in the nursing home and she's already on Medicaid, she could qualify for a personal needs allowance, but she would not get the full widow's pension of 11.30 a month. Okay, but she could, but she could qualify for something. Actually. For yeah, for a ninety dollars personal needs allowance per month. Yeah, which you know Medicaid allows them to keep thirty eight dollars, so that's a big step up. It will pay for a few more things. Any other last-minute comments other than everybody should come to this seminar? Uh, nobody should charge you a fee for oh. preparing your application. Oh, okay. We forgot to mention that. Yeah. So nobody should charge you a fee for completing the application. Correct. Right. Yeah. And uh, so tell them what, what your firm does. Well, what we do is, again, that when we evaluate the situation is that we come in and we help. Our, our legal services are provided to help uh, do estate planning, asset planning to help qualify. When we get to the VA aid and attendance uh, package and pension application, that is just part of uh, we include that at no fee because we've, we're helping you do other asset planning. And so um, that's just part of our services. And your estate and planning involves the will evaluation right, and updating because they might have to all occur to qualify for this particular benefit. Is that right? Absolutely, Gary. And that's, and that's again, this, we, take a, we take a look at everything and coordinate these benefits together and uh, basic estate planning documents, wills, power of attorneys, living wills, all the way through the planning with the VA and then long-term planning uh, for Medicaid benefits. So we take a look at the big picture and try to get uh, coordinated. And so we have a plan that's in place to last mom and dad through, you know, through their lives. Thank you both for appearing today on today's radio show. It's been quite educational. I learned some new things. <laughs> and uh, for more information, do call their offices at 222-2100. Again, that's 222-2100. Or visit their fabulous website at www.weems. That's w-e-e-m-s-law.com. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Senate Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. 
Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the best of times magazine at one of our 528 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Again, thank you for listening to our show today. I'm Gary Coligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel, K E E L, Shreveport Bossier.